Yo, what's good? Welcome to the Arlington Cinema Draft House podcast. I'm your host, Petey Steele. And I'm your co-host, Elena Torres. And our guest today, look, she's beautiful. She's funny. She's a repeat, which is what we love the best when people come back and see us. But she's a repeat from a very different time, which we're going to talk about. She's the best. We love her. Please welcome Jessica Michelle Singleton. Yay! Yay. Oh, my God. I am so excited to be back and hanging out with you guys. This is great. We're Thanks for having so me. so excited to have you. We were saying right before we started recording, the last time you did the podcast, it was like we lived on a different planet. One, we yeah. did it at the other location in D.C. I was very yeah. pregnant. So pregnant. The last in-person podcast that I did for this podcast, I think ever. Have, I don't yeah. think we've done in-person episodes since. So it's the last. <laughs> and that was with you. Oh my God. I cursed the whole podcast. No, you that was didn't. the end of 2019. It was like, little did we know, man, uh, what a wild time that was. Right. How was your, how, how was your wild times in from 2019 to now? Let's sit back. Tell us about how it's been. Oh, uh, what a roller coaster. I actually was in Europe at the, uh, at the end of January, 2020, right. When we were starting to get the news and, uh, I, there was, I was on tour and there was a couple of days where I was really sick and I'll never know if I just like had COVID in Switzerland, but, uh, <laughs> whoops. Uh, yeah. Came back. There was like a month where things were still moving. I feel like in the States and then mid March, it was just like a hard cut. And then man, I spiraled. I don't know about you guys. 100%. I, I like went full at first when they're like a oh, two weeks and I was like, okay. Uh, but then as it kept going man, I was one of those people, I kind of felt like I'm like, well, comedy's done forever. I got very bleak very quickly. I was like, it's over. Yeah. And even if it's not, it's over for me. We gave it a good run. Cause I was like the arena comics are going to move to theaters. Theater comics are going to move to clubs. I was a baby club comedian. This is we're throwing in the towel. I started, I was like, I'm going to go back to school. I was applying for the craziest jobs I had. I was getting unemployment and I was still panicking. Like I need, I need something to, to live for. I applied to be a park ranger in Utah. I <laughs> I got the job. That's the crazy thing. They, this was okay. This was April, May, 2021. And I was, uh, my side income, I guess were like my only income at that time was I was cutting up videos for an eyelash, like a fake eyelash company. I was like editing their ads for like Instagram, something I never thought I'd be doing. Also, I got wow. really into fake eyelashes because they kept giving me free ones for a mm -hmm. minute there, but I didn't know how to put them on. I looked like a drunk woman all the time. They're really hard to put on. They're really, I've, I've struggled with it for a long time. It's really hard and it's I really expensive to ask someone else to do it. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I, I, that was a very short-lived period of like, look how hot I am. And there's a yeah. dumb set of me somewhere <laughs> where it's like my, you can't even, there's like a shadow on my face because the yeah. eyelashes are so stupid big. But yeah, they offered me the job and I was like, I guess maybe I'll just go be at a national park for a couple of months because it was seasonal. I was like, you know, it'll be good. I'll be one with nature. But then honestly, thank God, not that I'm, that would have been an experience, but I happened to bump into my friend, uh, Melissa Villasenor. I, you probably, I'm sure yeah. you guys are familiar. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, she was going on the road to work out her Netflix special and we were on a local show. I gave her one tag and she's like, do you want to come with me? Will you just come with me and help me bunch this up and you can open for me? And I was like, thank God. Yes. 
get me out of here. Um, and then slowly, but surely everything picked up and it's been kind of full speed ahead ever since I started a, a new podcast with Steph Tolov slobs. We've been doing it for like a year and that's been growing like crazy. And you know, it, it's going exponentially better than I thought it was going to when we were in the heat of 2020, I was like, I'm done for. Oh yeah. Your, your thought process. So covid by the way, to pick <laughs> an outdoor, to be a park ranger. Oh yeah. I wanted to burn like, in the sun. I was like, right. burn me alive. Get me outdoors. <laughs> right. Right. And also it's kind of like your biggest job security is if you're working outside. Yes. It was the opposite. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I put all my eggs in a basket that requires compact, tight, large yeah. groups of people or, you know, tight groups of people, not necessarily like giant, but like the worst possible thing for that, uh, you know, for COVID. So, but you know, we made it through. I, yeah, yeah we did it. We yep. did. I thought I was going to end up a stay at home mom. And I realized I can't do that, you know, during <laughs> COVID because it's all, all I did. And Ooh. was it, it, is there a little bit, let me ask you, uh, do you feel like a weird little bit of like gratitude of like, you know what? I maybe wouldn't have, I, I'm glad it's over, but I wouldn't have spent as much time in this like period with my baby. Or are you like, no, no God. You want to hear a really fucked up part about my psyche? You know, the okay. part I'm most grateful for. So postpartum is when you look the worst. <sighs> if you don't look pregnant, you just like look tired. Yeah. Your hair is falling out and your like- hair is falling out. You just look really bad. And like, no one saw that. Oh, I no one saw that. You. I came back like when I came back to comedy. Everyone's like, "You don't look like you just had a baby." It's like because you haven't seen me in a year. Yeah, you're like I had a year to get snatched. <laughs> right, Man, right. That's right. what a blessing. Yeah, I exactly. yeah, I feel like a lot of people went even without postpartum went one of two ways. Like a lot of people got. I at the beginning yeah. when I was like, "Oh, this isn't in the long haul." Well, just you wait. I'm gonna get so fit, and then I yeah. gained like. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, now nah, I'm, oh, well, uh, <laughs> but man. Yeah. We yeah. all had, I was gonna, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be like a TikTok star, right? I'm going to make all these like <laughs> quarantine, like TikTok videos. I'm going to make all these social media videos. And I started making like one every couple days in quarantine. And then I saw myself and I was like, I don't want the world to see this version of me. Yeah. You're like, I it don't want that. And I'm not going to make hundreds of videos for people. I'm just going to hide out and take advantage. Yeah. There are like a couple things where I'm like, I would never want to do it again, but it kind of forced a slowdown in a way that I never would have given myself. So totally. and I was like, I guess nope. I'll, I guess I'll work on myself. Ugh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got rich during COVID, you know, I was working oh, my real you. job doing the. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's your, what's your uh, other job? I'm a licensed social worker. So I was oh. doing, I was working the suicide hotline from home. Raking it in. They're like, we got you, yeah. you do overtime, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I never talked to anybody that said they wanted to be a park ranger, but you know, yeah. I get well, it. Those are um, the people who don't call. They just yeah. do that shit. Um, but yeah, it was overtime all the time. We didn't have people. I never loved my coworkers more than when I didn't have to see them for two years. And uh, it, it was a license to print money. It was fantastic. I hate to say that, but like. No, I mean, I, I think 
you know, there were a few industries that really boomed during that time. And boy, was anything in the mental health. I was thinking about going back when I was like, I'll go back to school. I was like, I could become a therapist. And then I was like, no one wants a crazy. I mean, every therapist is a little bit nutty. We know that. But I was like, I've been openly insane on the Internet for years. I can't be like, yes, no, tell me what's wrong with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But man, yeah, that that industry, what a time to. And, you know, most of the calls I got were people breaking up with their significant others because they've been together in the house for too fucking long. One time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was that a was truth a... serum for relationships. Oh, yeah. A real make or break. I went the opposite route and ended up uh, kind of hunkering down. I was with someone who I think had we been in regular times probably would have ended faster. But I think it was this sort of like, let's just get through this together. And it wasn't awful. It was just like we didn't realize how much our, we were kind of new and we didn't realize how much our regular lives were going to not match up. Who am I kidding? He was a cheating piece of shit, but can't cheat when you can't go anywhere. Right. Uh, And then as soon as the, they're like, you can go somewhere. And I was like, there he is with his penis in the wind. All right. Good day. (laughs) But Man. So it's like, that had to be hard. People in really long relationships were like, Oh, it turns out uh, I only like you when I see you two hours a day and then go to bed. Yeah. That's It's hard. It's hard to be with any, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to do it alone, but man, it tested. It was testing. Yeah. Oh, it was very, it was very testing. So, I mean, I did, I did it because we needed help with the baby and we couldn't get any, we, we moved into my in-laws house and my brother-in-law. We, it was like a very crowded quarantine. Yikes. And you're, you know, every, we're all cool now. We have a great relationship. There were advantages, but, you know, do not recommend. Because it's like somebody different annoys you every day. She's just she's just growling at the idea of having to be near my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Be quiet. Loki, no. No. Hey, it's okay. My dog is. The takeaways I had from it comedically were one that, you know, I was never going to do another Zoom show once the shit was over with. And oh, two, yeah. I was never going to do an in person podcast again. That's, <laughs> I'll never do a Zoom show, but I'll never do a podcast in person. It's so funny. Right. Moki, be quiet. Her name's Moki. She's like, like one of the Fraggles from Fraggle Rock. I, we have a window in our apartment where she, if a squirrel goes by, I swear to God, a leaf could. How blow. old is she? She's six. She's oh, in the prime a rescue from China. She's very, it's her one, I would say, you know, the one thing we haven't conquered is her barking at this window. But, you know, she thinks she's protecting me, which is hilarious. Yeah, um, that's hard to get rid of. I have a very old dog. She's almost 13. And like, no matter what, a doorbell ring, she loses her mind. Oh, yeah. How no dare you? What? Yeah, anybody who's outside... And then as soon as they walk in, she's like, oh, just it's just a human. Oh, it's you. Like, even I if love it was you. a burglar, she'd be like, oh, my God, can we cuddle? Like, Thank God you're here. I've been yeah, waiting all day yeah. for someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's the same way. We're very yeah. tough at the idea of something out there. And then as soon as it's a person, she's like, oh, attention. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just want to rub my belly? That's fine. Oh, yeah. She's she's the best. I mean, you know, as good as a dog can be, which is pretty good. So, Jessica, you said in your email, I know we didn't 
get to this last episode, but you, I think you self-identified as white trash. Now, are you Michigan white trash or like Alabama white trash? Where, oh, where do we boy, fall? Oh, boy. Oh, uh, boy. Dude, fuck you if you're Michigan white trash. Honestly, that's Kid Rock and everyone else is like wealthy and pretending they're struggling. Shut up. Um, <laughs> you're also here. Uh, I it's Southern white trash. Well, I'm a unique mix, not to brag. Um, which I'm sure I'll end up talking about a little at the show, but, uh, as a kid, I lived in Southern Mississippi. Um, and then around sixth grade after my parents split up, my mom drove us in a car to Anchorage, Alaska, which is it's, it's Northern uh, trash is its own special. I mean, it's like the Alabama of the North. You know what I mean? Uh, in a lot of ways, not, a, um, not as bad in some other ways. Can detail on what that actually means? What what is what does the Alaskan white trash involve? It's, you know, it's just a lot of lot of hunting and fishing, a lot of drinking, and you want to get to the darker sides of it. It's a it, there's a, I don't I'm not a drug user, but boy, do I have friends who really took a dark turn. <laughs> As they grow up, a lot of. uh, You know, what's so funny is someone said that this is a thing to me. There's a lot of uh, heroin use in heroin and painkillers in Alaska. And someone was like, oh, yeah, cold places do heroin. Hot places do meth. And I like hilarious. And I'm like, that's the funniest observation I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mississippi was definitely a meth. Yeah, well, when you said drugs, I was wondering, I was like, meth doesn't seem like the Alaskan vibe. No, it's just like two. I'm sure. By the way, I don't want to. I don't want to take any credit away from meth. I'm sure there's some meth and meth yeah. heads in Alaska, but right. yeah, I think it's more like you want to hunker down than you want to go out and get wild. In right. Alaska. Right. So, uh, I took a painkiller once, not rec- even recreationally. I like, I have rheumatoid arthritis and I had a, uh, a surgery once and they prescribed me painkillers and I'm so afraid of them because of how many people I've seen, you know, just become addicted and whatever. And there, you know, I was like, I'll just stick to Tylenol. And there was just one night that was like unbearable. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take one. And let me tell you, it's like having an electric blanket on the inside. I understand why people get addicted to these things. Like I was like, oh, this is, I'm so, I feel so good. And I just drifted off to sleep. But then four hours later when it wore off, immediately woke up in pain and the itchiest I've ever been. I was like, this, there is no way. How do people do this all the time? I don't know if that happens to everyone, but I was like, ah, but yeah, no, I understand why in a cold weather place, it just sort of, I mean, it made me drift off to sleep. I don't know how I know people who will just like functionally take them. And that astounds me. I can't take a Benadryl and go into society. Like, yeah, the time that I've done pain painkillers, I would never my thing. The times I tried them, it just made me like drowsily non-functional. I yeah, that it's like, and I'm a workaholic, so that's kind of like my yeah. toxic trait. If I was gonna, if I was gonna do a drug, it would be something to make me more productive. You know, right. like Same. I know that about myself. Uh but yeah, it's just a lot of beer drinking and just kind of wild. You know, you know, good. I grew up with a lot of like good people. Just sort of they have interesting values and a lot of this is even like a white trash thing it was just ton of kids really early and they think that's just more like old school than anything it's not fair for me to say white trash my family is specifically white trash I mean my dad left me in a waffle house when I was a kid like he was a meth head Ah. my mom's a deranged alcoholic oh yeah like uh just lots of very loud fighting with just 
it, it, the like a cartoon of ourselves, truly. Right. Um, but yeah, the culture is there's still like country music culture up in Alaska, yeah. uh, that kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Uh, probably there's definitely racism. I, you know, when I, I made sure that I wasn't hanging out with any people like that, but you see the little like you know, people making jokes or like, who knows? I, I was never, uh, fortunately never, uh, experienced seeing any, you know, overt racism, which I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about at some point in my set too. When I talk about being from Mississippi, because as a little kid, you kind of like slowly start to pick up on things and you're like, Oh no. Yeah. But yeah. Just, you know, big trucks, that thing. So how did you know, like, what were the moments when you were like, Oh, I don't fit in here. And how did you get out? Um, well, Alaska, I, we moved there and within a week I found out I have a rare but serious allergy to cold weather. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I break out into hives. So immediately I was like, the second I can get out of here, I have to leave. Like I had- Wait, how many years did you live there? Did you have just have grade, So I must've been like, well, I don't know how old you are in sixth grade, 10 or 11, but like till high school. Yeah. So in the winter time, I just was an indoor kid and I'd always been like a little outdoor weirdo. I'd just go out. Cause in Mississippi, you know, we kind of lived in a neighborhood where there was some woods you could walk into and just go exploring and be out in nature. And that was my vibe. I just go get lost on the weekend with my friends, you know, we just walk mm -hmm. through trails. And then, so for nine months of the year, I was just inside. Wow. People would yeah, go that, to recess. That's how, to, that's how like, to feel not part of with the hunting and fishing. And Oh yeah, and absolutely. Like, and then the summer, summer times in Alaska are great. The sun doesn't set and there is like salmon fishing where you can like go out on a lake and it's very active. It's not the same as, uh, I think a lot of people like in the South, you do a lot of like sitting and waiting for a bite. And mm -hmm. in Alaska, you get into a river and you're like casting a line and salmon are like coming up the stream. It's, it's very active and it's fun, but there's three months of that. And then nine months of winter where I'm just inside, like, well, it sure looks like they're having fun out there at the snowballs. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to come hives. inside and play video games? <laughs> just covered I bet in those hives. Are like some pretty resourceful drug addicts out there because the import prices have to be off the chain, right? Oh, yeah. No, there's look, I'm not going to name any names, obviously. Like, <laughs> I know a lot of people that got involved in specifically in the importing of some bad stuff and a lot. And I don't think any of them got away with it. Um, this is just like a roundabout way to be like, I know people in prison, but like, it would shock you. These girls who like I grew up with that you would have thought were just, you know, they're cute little girls driving their, the car that they're, you know, the truck their dad bought for them. And then they just somehow got into like moving like painkillers and heroin. And, but it's like, I, I wow. don't know anything about, selling or trading drugs at that level but like they just were mailing them and to me i was like that's feels that you deserve what are you doing You're just mailing drugs <laughs> oh yeah no the, i mean the price of fruit up there is i don't think we even had avocados when i was growing up like it just oh, didn't yeah. i didn't have one until i went to college and i don't know if that was just a family decision because they're like we don't we're not touching those weird leather jacket limes or whatever but like <laughs> everything's so expensive up there it's yeah yeah and what's crazy is that there are people who love it there's people who it blows my mind that they're like i couldn't live anywhere else and i'm like have you been anywhere else it's very <laughs> specific i mean i'm, I'm it attracts like a very specific type of personality because 
if you want that, there's not a lot of places you can go. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, like, I think it's beautiful to visit, but I'm always like, get out as quick as you can. But there are people and there's a reason there's all these little shows that have come up over the last few years, TV shows about Alaskan people, because it's just a unique. Right. Unique group. Yeah, the gangland of Alaska was pretty interesting. These big Samoan crypts originally from like L.A. that just went out there to like hide, you know. And that's the thing about me. It's like every now and then I get tired of living in D.C. and the big rat race. And I'm like, I got to get off the grid. But then I've got to go somewhere where there's all these other people that want to get off the grid. That's fucking scary. Oh, yeah, because it's like, well, why? Grid. Yeah, you're like, why are you off the grid? You're there's yeah. oh, you don't go to Alaska if you're not running from something, whether yeah. it's the law or just like your emotions or your own sanity. Oh, yeah. I mean. If you grow up there, that's different, but you're not making the decision to just like randomly go to one of the darkest and coldest places on earth without really something has gone terribly wrong. Right. Right. Or if you oh, want yeah. something to match your mood, you want the oh, weather yeah. to match your mood all the time. Yeah. That's explains why my mother went there, but yeah, there uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I want to have an unchallenged opinion. So I'm going to Montana. Yeah, there's no one around to tell me I'm wrong, so I can't yeah. be wrong. It's like a tree falling in the woods. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if there's no one around to hear me be wrong, am I wrong? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I, uh, I like to go back and visit. I mean, it's it's nice to get out of. I'm in LA now, and it has its merits. You know, it's not cold. I'll say that about LA. Uh, but uh, you know, it's good to get out of the city sometimes, and there's a lot of. LA can be its own kind of beast too with the entertainment industry and meeting people who you're like I don't know if we're do you actually want to be friends or do you think that I can help you and you're pretending to want to be friends with me there's a very it's weird here it's hard it takes adjusting to because I will say about Alaska like it's the kind of place where if you broke down on the side of the road someone would pull over and help you and they're not well okay I don't want to say they're all not serial killers but uh it's like you could ask a, a person who doesn't work in a store for help and they'll point you the right way. You know, that kind of like people slow down to let you in on the highway and then you come to LA and everyone is the most important person in their own mind. So mm -hmm. it's what an adjustment. <laughs> did you move to LA first, right from Alaska? Or did you go somewhere else? No, I went to, I went to college in Tampa, Florida. So basically just polar opposite in terms of weather. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. I, whole, yeah. Whole uh, and, did you go to U of South Florida? Yeah. USF. And uh, yeah, one of my best friends went there. That's wild. She looks a little like you, too. We all look the same. It just <laughs> yeah. We do. Um, we all look the same. <laughs> yeah, it's who's who, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's I mean, that was a fun time. Uh, this is uh, in my mind is hilarious. My first week at college, I had a seizure from heat stroke. I can't handle heat. weather. Wow. I need to live somewhere where it's 70, not too humid, but not too dry. Like I am, I have been an old Jewish man inside of a tiny woman's body my entire life. Like, I'm just like, I'm not going to make it everywhere I go. <laughs> a seizure from heat? Like, yeah, I didn't even know that was a possible thing. It was like, I was dehydrated. Yeah. Cause I definitely wasn't, uh, I hadn't adjusted to how much water you need to drink in Florida. Cause with the, the humidity, it's like kind of you don't realize how uh, dehydrated you are. And I'd been drinking, even though I was definitely underage. It was my first football game. I'm not kidding. I, it was we rode a bus from campus to the football stadium like they had shuttles. 
and uh, it was crowded in there, super hot. I'm dressed to the nines for this football game. I was a cheerleader in high school. So embarrassing. Happened to be the same school colors. So I had like, I already had all this like green and gold stuff. So I had this giant bow on my head, just like a spectacle. And I'm with my new friend, Stacy, who to this day is still one of my best friends, but we're like getting ready to get off the bus. And I like grab her hand and I was like, Stacy. And she's like, what? And I was like, I can't see anything. And then I just fell off the bus and she's like, oh my God. And by the way, everyone else on the bus is just stepping over me to get to the football game. Um, but then the bus driver gets off and she, and I can hear them. It's very, it's a very weird. It's like, I couldn't see anything, but I could hear everyone. They just sounded far away. And I could hear the bus driver. Uh, I felt her like grab me and I'm like laying on the ground and she's like, it's okay, baby. She's just having a seizure. It happens to my auntie all the time. And I was you like, remember, you remember all that? I remember that. Cause I remember in my head being like, I'm having a seizure and then trying to be like, yeah, I'm just having, that's how much of a people pleaser I am that I was like wanting to make everyone else feel okay about it still. Even though I was like, I've gone blind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to be like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm sure it's, it's just a seizure, but I couldn't say anything. And then in my head, right. I was like, oh my God, I can't talk. Oh God. Like immediately panicking. I didn't have a cell phone then. Uh, so I was like, I'm just going to die. And no. And then Ugh. I was like, after That's five so minutes. Scarier. I- I've had a seizure. I've had a couple of seizures, but I don't remember them. Like they, they were, they like they, my just kind of blacked out. Back. Yeah, and then I woke up like throwing up, and I didn't remember anything. But I can't imagine like I want about what everybody told me, like what it looked like. Like I can't imagine actually mentally like knowing that that's happening. Yeah, that's well, that's I- the thing is, I'm now realizing like because I, I have an idea of what a seizure looks like when someone's having one. It's just yeah. an idea, and I actually like have no idea what I looked like in that moment, and I didn't feel like I was. It didn't feel in my body like I was seizing, like what I would imagine is like. Oh, really? You didn't feel? You no, didn't feel it, I felt not, I felt nothing. Actually, I guess I didn't feel anything. I could just hear voices and they sounded far away. And I was like, is this is this what dying is? Wow. Yeah. Then I came back. Did you smell burning hair or anything? I heard that. Something. Oh, no. But you know what? I've always had for as long as I can remember a very weak sense of smell. Same. I think. Yeah, I think something happened at some point. I think I used to be able to smell, and I don't know what it is, sports or just, like, trauma. I don't know. Can, can your sense of smell just shut down? Like, we've been through enough. We don't need yeah. memories. But yeah. uh, so fortunately, I'm not fortunately. Maybe I would have known it was coming. But then a paramedic came, checked me up and down, and just and they let me go. They're like, you just probably need to drink water. They asked if I'd been drinking. I obviously lied. Um, <laughs> I was like, no. Um, <laughs> And then they just let me go into the football game. And I'm like, all right, Florida. Woo. Wait, you had the seizure and you went to the game anyway? Yeah. <laughs> go Bulls. That's pretty gangster. I didn't, I like, I definitely just got water and chilled. It was the most relaxed I've ever been at a school sport. But uh, yeah, I was like, well, we're already here. We have to take the bus back. So what am I just sit on the bus? We're going in there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not That's- my, you know, I was, I might've been 17 at the time. I don't know when the school year started, but I was. 17 I turned 18 that August so you know not not making the brightest decisions no I think not, none of us were none of us no. were no and we thought it's crazy that like at that time I felt like I'm like I'm an adult yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're an idiot yeah the other day the other day my husband went to a college campus because he was going to it's one of the college campuses that has a, a hospital on it and so he had to he parked and had to walk through the campus to go oh, to his God. doctor's appointment it's totally fine. Just going to a doctor's appointment. Yeah. 
And he, he called me and he was like, these kids are young. They're children. He was like, they are really young. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. He's kind of like, I don't know about the, all this like obsession with college girls that people have. He was like, because these girls are young. Yeah, that's creepy now. Like I think right. about. Right. Like, you think about all the stuff and all the dudes and everything when you were that young and you look at girls that young and you're like, yuck. Yeah, it like creeps me out because I remember being like in college and that was the thing of like, there was like the Maxim magazine had their like college campus girls. And it's like, yeah. oh my God, I'm in, I'm in that for, you know, FSU. And it was just like, oh, it's like hot to be a college girl. And now I'm like, they look 12. Yeah. They look like kids. And that's just, I mean, that's a deeper level of. Yes. But so much. That's a whole other podcast. A whole other- yeah. I got my theories on that one, but yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> licensed therapist, licensed therapist theories. Yeah, I mean, there I have often I've been thinking about lately because I've been having the conversation with, you know, my female friends my age about like the the whole cougar thing and that like how it makes sense from a sex drive standpoint because women's sex drives start going up later that like we have this like psychotic and don't get me wrong I'm in a relationship with someone my age and I love him and that's what that is but like I like understand in theory that it's like well no i need someone who like is uh an energizer bunny and is just gonna keep i can't be satisfied <laughs> but then older men with young women i'm just like ah they just uh they need someone who can still be impressed by them that's what i think 100 like, percent. Like, that's what i say every time women their age are like oh they're none of no, they can't trick us into being like oh wow <laughs> that's yeah. cool they need someone yeah. who's like you have a house yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like, no oh, he's so mysterious, but actually it's just mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he keeps me on my toes. He's out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bipolar awesome. disorder. That's what yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's uh he's a clinical narcissist. Good luck. Yeah. Uh <laughs> man. <laughs> I love you. You're just there. There's social worker. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm taking this in. I wasn't even referring to that element of it. I just think kids of the current not kids but college kids of these times didn't go through a lot of the shit that people our age kind of went through and i feel like they're more tuned out from social media internet babies helicopter parenting there's a lack of resilience that they had to develop and i think that kind of makes them look a lot more nubile that makes sense yeah no i've always Uh, Not always, but for a long time, because people will be like, this ages you, that drinking ages you, smoking ages you. But I think there was, I I hit a point at like maybe 27 or 28 where I had the thought of like, I don't think those things age you. I think stress ages you. And people who are stressed tend to drink and smoke. And so it gets lumped into that. Because that is an interesting theory that like, uh, if you just were kind of like chill (laughs) and everything was like, okay and handled versus, you know, people who grew up you know, my age, but even like older of like, you know, I was a latchkey kid and I had my trauma, yeah, but it's like same. kids who just had to start working at 12 or whatever. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. That's such an interesting theory. Phoebe. Also, because like, you know, there's all these studies now that that generation has way less sex too. Yeah. They have yeah, way less sex that. too than millennials. They, they do. That's, that's data, especially like there's all these studies that have come out that young men, I think it's like one 
one in three young men, or maybe it's two of three young men. I don't know. You can look at the statistic. Hasn't had sex in a year. It's like some incredibly huge number. That's, it's interesting that we're like. Men under 25 or something, some age group, but but they are not having sex. That's wild because the men my age when I was that age, that's all they thought about. That was your whole personality. It's like technology is we're like evolving. I mean, I've said this for a while that we're just, I think we're all evolving into extinction. And I think that's how species go is that like, <laughs> yeah, eventually probably. just slowly stop reproducing in various ways. And maybe it's somehow the earth being like, yeah, you've had enough, but like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's so fascinating because what a difference in like, I mean, I just look at like someone, my mom's generation where it was like, no, you get married and you have kids. That's just what you do. Yeah. Like, sure down to me where it's like, you know, some people wait till later. So it's still happening. But like now there's the conversation of how much more normal it is to be like, actually, I don't want kids. But like, yeah, where? Hello. Does that, yeah. Where does that go? You know, how does that look as it continues? Yeah. And you think about like how I mean, for all of us, how like slutty college was just for everybody. It was just oh, a slutty was... time. And like, that's part of what college was about, just sluttiness. And that's not- Yeah, like happening. what are people doing in college? Learning? That's, that's my question. What are they doing? Ew. I'll tell I you mean... a story. Like there's a guy I went to college with. He's like gotten to MIT, but he went to the University of Wisconsin with me to piss his parents off. He flunked out of school partying with me and then got back in for technical college, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's got kids now. They're in college. One of them is a genius. He was like beating every kid in the state of Wisconsin at like math, computer science, whatever, you know, all that nerdy shit. And then he gets to the University of Wisconsin and he flunks out too, but not from partying, from sitting around on social media all fucking day. You know, he doesn't even do any drinking or smoking dope or anything. He's just like, constantly looking for yeah that's i mean it's a problem they have uh, they have whole rehabs for it now do they really have yeah and like video game and technology addiction i have a friend who lives in a psychotically nice house if i i'm afraid to find out how her family came across that house because it is a large enough place that it seems very precarious but uh it's over in malibu and it's like gated to get in and the only thing in this neighborhood is her house passages which is like the celebrity oh yeah rehab and then uh, right up the hill from that is like a teenage technology where like they rehab like you get put in there and they take away your phones i didn't know that existed wow (laughs) yeah it's i mean it's i'm actively trying to get off of mine i just finally like not finally i i'm probably going into debt paying a social media person because it's like a necessary evil but i'm trying to be like there they got it I don't have to check and get the dopamine hit of like our people or that anxiety of, Oh, if I, if I don't have enough followers, I'm not going to stay booked and like yeah. this blah, blah, blah. And then to have grown up when people are making Instagrams as like 13 year olds or whatever. And to just, I don't know. That, I might ask you for that person's number. Cause I need to do that. Cause there's, so I much will give it to you. I don't it's, need this, yeah. but I feel like I can't delete it because of what we do. And Yeah. And it's uh, a little bit pricey compared to like, I've, I've paid people to caption and stuff. I've bounced around because that was sort of like a goal of mine of like, what can I delegate? Because I'm yeah. a control freak and whatever. Uh, and also because 
how do you you can't just afford to pay people for everything but like uh <laughs> uh but for the amount that they're doing because they're posting it for me and they put it on all the different platforms they caption it it's uh well, so it's like a one-stop shop. They do all Yeah, the and uh, so what do you do? Do you just send them a clip and you're like, this is what I want you to make? I'm not even asked. So this is what I've done because they hire and God knows what they're making versus what they're paying the like underlings who are cutting the videos, you know, but right. they hire a bunch of like new up and coming comedians. So like this used to be a whole digital company, but they've slowly moved just towards comedy. So they understand jokes and like structure. They'll comb the internet and look for you. But also I uploaded, I made a Dropbox and I just put like, oh, I filmed a set here or here's another video. They go through and find it. And then the week before they make a little calendar, they're like, here's the video we want to use. It's captioned. And uh, you just go and go like, okay, cool. And if I, I could imagine it being a nightmare if I was like super picky and Oh, I, I don't like this and that, but I'm kind of like, oh, it's a video. There's a clear, like, there's a joke. There's a laugh. Fine. But and I you don't care what jokes go online. Cause this is another thing that I, that I feel like all comedians struggle with is like, cause before the the golden rule was like, you don't put, don't burn it things on cause you're going to burn it. And once they see you on stage, but now everybody breaks that rule. I've even seen people upload jokes that I see them do on stage several times on social media. Oh yeah. I, so like, Right now I'm working on a late night set. So there's like the, like five minute chunks of, I'm like, if, if anything about this kind of gave me the overarching topic, I was like, don't cut anything. Don't waste your time. Cause we won't be able to post that. Okay. But like most of the stuff they have video of is either going to be just a riff that I'll never do again, or it's stuff that's already on my album. Cause I have so much video that I haven't cut up or like on my yeah. two albums. And then I'm kind of like, I don't think you can, I don't think burning material is a thing anymore. And I also, they talked to me and kind of gave me the perspective of getting out of my head about worrying about what my peers are thinking. Cause I had to like, well, if you, I already kind of like, if I, I posted that joke already, like a few months ago and they're like, this isn't for them. This is for, yeah, but this is going to go to people who didn't see that joke a few months ago. And like, you're building the audience and like, kind of, and no one's going to be like, I already saw this one unfollow. Like, yeah. uh, so kind of learning to let go of like, I'm targeting comedy fans. Don't worry about if, oh, she does that on stage or like, that's an old, like I'll go, oh, it's kind of an old video. I don't, people would be like, she's posting old videos. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that's great. That's a good perspective. And I'm going to ask you for that info in the chat. Yeah. yeah. And I'll this. say. It could be a coincidence, but like I've, I'm only on three weeks. I'm three weeks in with them, but like there has been growth. So I'm like, okay. That's huge because yeah. I've talked to a lot of people about managing social media and like not all of these people that you pay large amounts of money actually help you with growth. Like yeah. a lot and of I them are just like, oh, I'll make it look pretty and I'll do your videos. But I'm like, we all just need this for the growth. Yeah, I need to reach the people. And as far as I know, it's just like, they did good captionings. They're posting at like a certain time. I don't know if th they may be doing something on the back end that I don't know about with metadata, but it's all, you know, real followers and stuff like I've been, cause I've been yeah. obsessively like, I don't want to be getting bots and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but so far so good. And I'm like, okay, even if it's a little expensive, if it keeps growing, it'll pay for itself in like getting booked. And like those will translate into direct ticket sales because I mean, everyone I've talked to on the industry side says like Instagram followers do translate into ticket sales to a certain extent. Interesting. I've heard a lot that TikTok, it, like unless you're a gigantic TikTok person, 
mm-hmm. and you're and it's for your stand up. I've been hearing that like it kind of doesn't really cross over because a lot of people on TikTok are kids or people who don't leave their house and just stay on TikTok. Right, right. Uh, and there's also so many videos that go viral on TikTok that it's like hard to to like get back in front of them and be like, by the way, I'm also live. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. that's the only place they'll see you. Yeah, and it may all be this may all be expensive, but imagine how expensive rehab would be for being on your phone all the time. <laughs> So look at yeah. all the money that you're saving by paying these people. Oh yeah. And just like the surgery I'd have to eventually get from just being like this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Or the lip filler you would need from watching all the. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to become like a chin. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about your coming here to Arlington yeah. Draft House. I'll be there June. Weekend of June 16th, 17th. Uh, we are so excited. Are you touring a lot right now? Tell us about what people are going to see. Oh my God. Yeah. I I just got back from the Pacific Northwest and then, uh, I'm, it's a little bit slower for the next month. I'm in LA working on a few things, trying to wheel and deal, sell a show, get some, you know, a bunch of things that we'll, we'll see. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but yeah, I got a lot of new stuff. Um, getting, um, a little more personal. I've been doing like, like I said, some stuff about my childhood and like growing up and, um, you know, just a little more personal observational, still going to have some dirty stuff in there for sure. I've always been pretty dirty, but, uh, Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like the last I hour I did was objectively filthy. And then, uh, this will be a good mix of like dark, dirty and just, you know, high energy. And it's, it's, I've been having like fun, just like lots. I've, that's kind of been my little mantra uh, going on stage is like, have fun. Cause it, you know, well, you do it for a living. It's easy to get in your head and be like, all right, I gotta, I gotta take my comedy seriously, which is the dumbest sentence on earth. But like, uh, you know, I I've been getting more, uh, I, I want to say like liberal with my stage play, getting a little more physical, like having fun, getting a little weird and silly. And that's been fun. Cool. That's- that's always the best is being able to remembering to have fun on stage because like you said, it's easy to get robotic. It's easy to be, it's hard to be like, gotta make them laugh. Yeah. It's like, gotta get the, all the punchlines. And it's like, okay, if I'm going to be that serious about it, why am I even in the arts? You know, it's like, totally. I take it seriously, but like enjoy the fact that I get to basically be a clown for a living. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are so excited to have you here. I'm Arlington so excited. June. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Anything you want to tell the people, anything you want to plug, um, just follow me at JMS comedy and check out my podcast slobs. And I have another podcast FFS with JMS and that's, uh, oh, and then, uh, this upcoming week, I don't know when this is coming out, but if April 27th, either if it's past or if it hasn't come my uh, episode of Eliza's locals, which are mini specials that were produced by Eliza Schlesinger, uh, is dropping. So check that out. Oh yeah, check that out. You can check that out anytime. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's just on YouTube. So uh, there will be a link in the bio of my Instagram if you want to go see that. PD, anything you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think that's about it. I mean, you can catch me May 11th. I'll be at McGinty's Public House in Silver Spring featuring doing 20, whatever. But uh, other than that, man, it's great to see you again. Have you back. I'm going to swing through there. 16th or 17th and Yay. say what up and check it out and that'll be great oh it'll be great to see you thank you guys so much for having me back on this was awesome oh, thank you so much for doing it it was great, great to have you bye awesome. everybody bye, bye.